Eric. You are listening to episode 8 of Double Hop Beat, a bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer. It's episode 8. In case you missed last week, we hung out with home brewer Jack from Lampson Brewing. And this week we'll be discussing food and treats breweries choose to complement their brews. But first, let's get an update on our homebrew, the Endgame Porter. So like Thanos snapping his fingers, the porter is being consumed. Half the bottles are gone. They were all consumed by birthday party. <laughs> so yeah, it debuted at Shannon's uh, 30th birthday party, and it was a major hit. Uh, several guests requested some of the bombers to take home, so my supply has really been depleted. That's not a bad thing. It means it was good. No, it's, it was really good. It came out... I think a lot better than we had expected considering our hiccups with the grains and then losing, I'd say, a quarter of our coconut to getting over-toasted and burnt. burnage. (laughs) So a tip out there for those planning to brew a coconut porter, just be sure to watch the coconut very closely as you're toasting it because it takes literally seconds for that to happen especially if you're doing it in a conventional oven. Another thing to consider if you're toasting the coconut is to use multiple pans. I think we piled ours too high, so it was really th- a really thick layer. So we thought that it would take longer, but the top just got really done, and then the bottom stuff was not really toasted. So if you've got multiple pans, make sure you spread it out, maybe do like a single layer, and just keep a close eye on it because it does post toast up fast. I think that would have helped us so well. But overall, everyone liked it. There was a hint of coconut, probably not as much coconut as we originally wanted but I think it was good I drank it <laughs> and I'm not usually a porter fan and that's what I've heard from other people as well that they aren't usually fans of porters or darker beers but they enjoyed it so yeah a lot of people said the coconut actually helped them get into the porter because it made the toffee and the coffee kind of aftertaste a little less um, bold than it would typically be on a porter um, so we actually have some questions from listeners this week. Woohoo! Thanks for uh, sending the uh, direct message to our Instagram. As always, you can share your experiences. And if you have any questions for Shane and I, uh, we're happy to answer them. So let's get right to it. Uh, so Jen from Maine has a question for Shannon. Oh. And she says, I have brewed several beers with my brother in his barn and really enjoyed the experience. What made you decide to brew a beer with James this time? And will you brew again? Thanks. Well, first of all, I'm jealous that your brother has a barn that he can brew in. And I'm pretty sure James is as well, because if I hear the word brew shed one more time, I think I'm going to freak out. I mean, like I can just picture it now, just having a couple beers, having the barn doors open. And I think you said you had a propane system. Um, So that's really cool that you get to enjoy the outdoors and get to spend some time with your brother. And I think that's a cool experience. So, Shannon, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I decided to brew beer with James because I've seen him or come home so many times after he's done it, and I just never really knew a lot about the process, so I figured might as well get involved and see what he loves so much about it and figure out what it's all about. So I did it, and I enjoyed it. Um, I'd probably do it again, not on a regular basis, just because... I feel like we both have a lot going on just in general. So uh, he usually brews when I'm at work because he has a different schedule than I do. So I usually come home when the process is all over and then I get to experience the end result. But I think if it was we had a nice weekend again or he was going to do it on a day that I wasn't working, I'd definitely help out. Uh, I was the probably the PA equivalent of the brewing process where I was 
designated to clean and stir and do all of the grunt work that James usually has to do himself. So I guess that's kind of initiated that way. And that wasn't even all the cleaning. I tried to make it as best experience as possible because no one wants to just say, I want to learn how to do the brewing experience. Okay, just clean this, clean that, clean that. Well, I know I knew going into it, it was a lot of cleaning. I knew that was because James is very meticulous about cleaning and just from working with larger equipment that has to be cleaned. And usually when job. you usually when you come in, it's at the point where it's the brewing's already done, it's already in the fermenter and you're like, "What's all this stuff still doing out? Oh, why is everything laid out on the counters because it's all being cleaned after." And it usually takes like hours even after. And that's all prepping for the next brew day to make it a little less of cleaning when I start the next time. Yeah, the only thing I don't think I do next time is handle the sanitizer so much because literally for a week afterwards, I had alligator hands. My skin was so dry for whatever that like high, crazy sanitizer is that you use that my skin did not enjoy it so yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't think i'd handle it as much next time maybe i'll just let you do that since it doesn't seem to affect you uh it it does affect people's skin differently so i think next time you could just wear gloves um, oh so i can't get out of doing the cleaning oh well we'll see i have sensitive skin <laughs> there's no way to avoid cleaning when you're brewing so that's something i just want to make sure that it's clear that you cannot never get out of cleaning so there's some some facet big like hazard hazmat gloves we have those kind of i'll get like a stranger things outfit when they go like there you go upside down (laughs) okay so jen thank you for your question really appreciate it our next question is from adam from new jersey and this question is for james so adam says i love going to new breweries and drinking craft beer I will soon be working as a bartender at a bistro slash brewery. Do you have any advice for me as a fellow brew tender? You guys rock. Prost. Thanks, Adam. James, what advice do you have for Adam? Well, foremost, Adam, like congratulations on getting uh, being a bartender or being a brew tender, as we call it. Um, it's one of the best professions out there, I think, if you're interested in craft beer and you really have a good sense of customer service. So... What I always tell people is you are the face and you're an administrator of the brewery itself or an ambassador, I should say, (laughs) an administrator. administrator. You're You're administering the beer. So I guess um, you're an administrative assistant and you're like really the face of whatever uh, brewery you're at and whatever experience you provide is the experience people remember. You could have the best beer in the world. And if your bartenders aren't having a good day, if they're not treating the customers right, if they're pouring the beers inaccurately, that 100% will affect the brewery. And that's just unfortunate because the brewers and everyone involved in the brewery spends all their time and effort making a great product. So you really want to make sure uh, you're knowledgeable about the beers you're serving. So that's my other tip of advice. Make sure you try the beers before um, you actually start your shift. And as always, you never um, drink on shift. Um, we have gone to breweries where we've seen um, the bartenders sitting at the bar and then they go and pour beer. Um, and that's just a profession. Um, and you want to hold those standards and keep your credibility as the person at the point of sale. Yeah, I really like your advice about trying the beers and knowing what you're talking about because I feel like the worst thing that you can do when you go to a brewery and ask or the worst thing a bar 
sorry, a brew tender, I want to use the correct terminology. The worst thing a brew tender can do when you go to a, a brewery and ask, like, if I, you know, like lagers, which one would you recommend? And they say, oh, I've never actually had them, or oh, like, I'm not really sure. You're not, I mean, you're going to a brewery to try new things and experience them, and to not be knowledgeable is kind of like a, oh, well, then why are you here? Like, I could just do, I could just Google it. Like, yeah. And at, at least that's being honest. At least they were honest with you that they haven't actually had it. Um, because I've had some experiences where the brew tender will say, oh, like you should try this because it's a lager. And then they've never actually had it. And they describe it in a way that is not the beer at all. Um, so just be honest. That's another tip. Um, be honest with your guests. Um, I certainly appreciate it when someone comes to the bar and says, I know nothing about beer or I just drink Bud Light. What would you recommend? And as a customer, um, that's a tip for you guys. Um, ask your bartenders, like say, be up front. Those are the best kind of new customers I get. And you'd be surprised, like offer them something that, you know, if they say they've never had beer or they are a Bud Light fan or a Coors fan, offer them something that they might, you know, not necessarily try on their own. So you could recommend, you know, the blonde ales or you know, the lighter side ales to kind of, or lagers to be kind of in comparison with those beers. Or you can go on the flip side or the brew side of that and offer like a fruity beer or if, ask them if they like a nice malt or a dark beer. And if they say, oh, I, I, I like a malty beer or like I like coffee, offer them a stout or something like that. Um, so just really be open to um, getting people that have never had beer or are used to drinking, you know, one beer and you can even ask them all right well what beer do you drink on a regular basis they might say oh like you know i usually drink sierra nevada or i drink wachusett then you can kind of compare it to something that you have um so yeah just be honest um be friendly obviously um i'm sure you are friendly because <laughs> most people don't get hired as brew tenders if they don't have a personality and just remember that you know it's a great and fun experience and you just want to provide that to the people coming they're there for the experience they're there to enjoy great beer and just you know even though you get some of those customers that are having a miserable day make it your point to turn that around for them um so yeah that's my advice for you adam uh good luck and yeah good luck and uh we got one more question and this is from sierra from north carolina and she says, if you're only in town for a day, maybe even a different state, how would you make the most of a new brewery experience? I love to plan things. So if I know we're going to a different town or we're going on vacation somewhere, I always do my research. I look up what breweries are in the area. I see their hours. I look to see if they are doing a tour um, not all breweries offer tours, but the ones that do usually have either specific times that they do the tour every day or they only have you have to either buy the ticket in advance or they recommend you show up a certain amount of time early to get um, on the tour, make sure there's availability. So I always look to see if we do want to do a tour. I think us personally now, we've been to so many breweries that sometimes a tour is almost, you know, not worth it for us just because it tends to be here's the process and here's, you know, the wart and here's the, you know, hot water tank and 
all those things. Um, so you might not want to do that. But if you're looking to do a brewery if you're, or brewery tour, if you're with someone who doesn't know a lot about beer, um, if you're new to the brewery scene, I de- definitely recommend doing a tour. And they're usually either free or only like $5 and you get tastings at the end. And I think you had mentioned that you were traveling for work. So that probably means you don't have a lot of time on your hands. So I would suggest the hybrid approach so you know where you're going. So you could take Shannon's approach and kind of research the area that you'll be staying or the hotel that your company is putting you at and kind of do like a five to 10 mile radius or even like a five mile walking distance to see if there's anything. Five miles, that's far. Well, you could <laughs> you could Uber, you know, it's not what you wouldn't walk it necessarily. Yeah. Um, but some people would, you know, we've walked in Minnesota. We walked quite a bit. To, yeah, from we were the only idiots outside during in a blizzard November when it was like 30, but like negative 20 wind chill and everyone else is in the indoor walking uh, hallways and we're outside like freezing our asses off. Yeah. Well, to each their own. But I would say they use the hybrid approach. Um, look ahead like Shannon does on where you're staying and what's kind of in the proximity. And then I like the approach of actually talking to locals and even your hotel um, bartenders will know um, if there's breweries around and just talk to people in the area because most of the times restaurants know where they get their beer from especially if you go to a nice bistro or something like that nature they know all right well there's this brewery down the street you should check them out Um, and I recommend that approach a lot because your experience for something the locals go to Mm -hmm. is usually the best spot versus a tourist spot that you know everyone goes to and it might not be the best experience and especially if you don't have a lot of time so you probably wouldn't be looking at a brewery tour you'd probably just want to see what breweries you know have the vibe you'd be looking for if you're in town for a short period they might have a live band that night which could be cool to see um and just check their hours ahead of time so you don't get a cab or mm-hmm. walk there, especially if you're on business and find out they're closed. Also kind of going into what we're going to be talking about in a minute um, is, is beer, sorry, is beer. Yeah. Is food at the brewery. So if you are going to visit, I would just definitely look to see if they offer food and if they don't, if they have a bring your own food policy, maybe look into grabbing like a local sub shop sandwich or things like that and bring it with you just so you know that, you know, you don't want to be drinking a lot of beer and not have any food. So just something to think about, look in what's in the area and check that out. So thanks guys for all your questions and hope we answered them. If not, feel free to direct message us again and <laughs> tell us if we miss we we're off the mark or um, what your experience ended up being um, with your questions. Okay, so today we're going to talk about food and breweries. So to clarify some confusion surrounding what the difference is between a brewery and a brew pub, I'm going to give you a quick explanation. So a craft beer brewery is a production brewery that makes beer to be consumed on site for distribution or both. And for all intents and purposes is the sole business at that location. So all they do is sell beer. A brew pub is basically a microbrewery that has a restaurant attached to it and predominantly brews for on site consumption. And the main thing here is being that the restaurant is part of the brewery and therefore makes it a brew pub. And also for breweries, uh, the tasting rooms only have their liquor license that limits them to only serving the beer that they produce. So that's one of the questions I get a lot or people are surprised when they come into the brewery that I work at is, oh, like, why don't you sell Bud Light or why don't you sell other breweries beer? And I just say, you know, that's a great question. But, you know, we are a craft brewery, uh, not a brew pub. And 
um, according to the state regulations, we are only permitted to serve um, our beer that we produce on site. And the follow-up question is usually, well, can I bring in wine or can I bring in beer? And the answer is still no. Um, again, it's the regulations that prohibit that. And so some also some things that you should consider when you go to a craft brewery is um, the regulations also um, will make it so most of the case you'll see just bagged snacks or bring your own food um, at certain breweries um, who choose not to go into the food and health regulations side of it with it. They are run by a set of different codes and rules mm -hmm. and regulations. So they just want to keep it simple. They want to focus on the beer and let you bring your food um, or just offer some snacks that are already prepackaged that they don't have to um, deal with that. And another avenue that those breweries choose to go down is food trucks. So a lot of local places will bring in food trucks from around the area to serve food outside of the venue. So usually park in their parking lot so people can buy food there and then still enjoy their beer without having to worry about those regulations, um, which I think is cool because then you get to try new places as well as have your favorite beer. So we wanted to share some of the top rated food at breweries and brew pubs uh, that serve food to complement the brews on site. So the first that I found is local to us in Massachusetts. It's Lord Hobo in Cambridge, um, and they are known for their chicken lollipops. Chicken lollipops. Which I feel like we may know someone that would enjoy those. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, corn dogs, which are like a blast from the past. I feel like we ate those a lot as children. And squash tart. What is a squash tart? I would enjoy I don't know if you would really like that that much but we'll have to go check it out and then Vermont uh, the Bobcat Bobcat Cafe and Brewing in Bristol uh, they have a lovely venison and chorizo meatloaf uh, also a sesame crusted tahini tofu and duck leg braised in white wine and thyme that sounds so sophisticated for brewing yeah they must have like the cas on to complement that or a nice barrel aged stout or something i'm yeah. sure that's something elaborate i'm not a meatloaf it. fan so i wouldn't go for that but i, might I, would, go, I would go for the tofu i'd probably go for the duck or the uh i'd try the meatloaf yeah, i'd give it a would. whirl you would try the meatloaf yeah. <laughs> we also have new york so three's brewing in brooklyn they feature a dry aged burger a hot chicken fried and spicy duck fat, that sounds like a lot of meat, so not for vegetarians, or larger plates like uh, frites, which are french fries, for those who don't know what steak frites are, uh, served with a 10-ounce grass-fed steak. So Sounds great. Burgers, I find at like breweries that do offer food, are like some of the best burgers. I feel like sometimes they put beer in the burger. Yeah, I'm sure they do. A lot of times they do cook with the beer that they brew and i do even do it um with some of the beers that i've brewed and when i grill um i'll do like a nice summer ale with my fish um so it gives it a nice it, the lemon and orange peel in it will give it a nice flavor i actually had um just kind of going off topic for a second but still on food the one of the marinades i get for our chicken is you can put beer in it like it's a marinade that you add i think it's uh, I think just a pale ale or something too. Yeah, or and in the winter time when we make um, our stew, our oh, beef yeah. stew, we add um, stout. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a great complement to a nice beef stew. Um, mm -hmm. And you just soak the meat in it, and then you just. No, it just cooks in the. Cooks in the stew. It cooks in the stew with the Guinness and the cranberries and the meat. It's delicious. 
anyways, back to my list. Um, so South Carolina, Edmonds, Oast, and Charleston, which unfortunately we not, did not make it to when we were down there. Uh, but they have 48 taps, which I'm sure James would really appreciate. Uh, a menu of sandwiches, pizza, and familiar bar food like boiled peanuts, uh, grilled corn, house cured, and smoked charcuterie, which we are all about. The charcuterie. Gotta love those charcuterie and cheese plates. Delicious. Uh, and then also soft serve ice cream, which I wonder if anybody's ever put beer in ice cream. Oh, be very def- definitely. Yeah? Oh, okay. Vanilla ice cream and, again, stout um, works out very well. It's almost like an adult uh, root beer float. And also coffee. I've seen people put, um, like, make a coffee yeah. uh, syrup, and they add, like, the stout in that oh. as well. I was going to say, at work now, they do coffee cold brew, and they offer you a scoop of ice cream in your coffee. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet, though. But but 48 taps. If they're on the one of the best foods, I'm sure they take care of their taps. But that's one thing I also, it's kind of like a caution for me when I go to a place that has more than... 10 taps because the cleaning involved you want to make sure that you clean those taps on a regular basis and sometimes the beer could sit also in those taps if all 48 aren't being consumed on a regular basis so it's just something i most breweries are 100 percent on top of it it's more of like a restaurant concern um, when they have so many taps so it's just be be mindful of that and it's nothing you can do but if you the beer tastes a little funky then uh, you might want to switch to a different line. Uh, but yeah, Minnesota we have on here. Um, our co- My college roommate was from Minnesota, Nick. Shout out to Nick again. <laughs> uh, we loved uh, Surly Brewing uh, Company in Minneapolis. And boy, was that a huge facility. It was so big. That was like equivalent of like our Sam Adams times like 10. Yeah, I'd say Sam Adams is not as big as, as that place was. It almost reminded me of like the bunker in like, james bond from <laughs> totally off topic but um like the facility is just, just this huge like square building um and it just reminded me of um golden eye where he goes into the facility and it's just this big open space like so it was, it was very cool like you'd see the huge reactors and they had like these blue lights almost on like the glass mm-hmm. that kind of like reflected their brewing equipment which i thought was very unique and very cool as like a first time there and locals love that spot because it's a destination spot for food yeah it was really good and they have family style tables so it's a little bit easier i feel like to get a seat because you don't have to wait for a whole table to free up we got to sit at the end of one of the family style tables we had the mussels which were delicious and i think those were with their um i think it was their one of their blonde ales Mm -hmm. or um it might have been a wheat beer i'm not sure um but it was one of those, and it just you could it brought out the flavor of not only the seafood but also the beer as well, um, and it was great to complement a flight um, mm-hmm. in our server. She was also I would call her like a brew tender as well. She she might have not have been serving the beer, but she was so knowledgeable in the beer that they had that she recommended like at least four different beers for when you were asking her all these mm-hmm. questions. So yeah, and she brought us little samples too when we asked about certain things. She's like, oh, if you like that one, then you might try want to try this one next. Here's a little sample of it, which was great. Yeah, and then uh, in Colorado, westbound and down in Idaho Springs, uh, they have fresh green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes. Oh, fried. I was going to say fresh green tomatoes. <laughs> like Just like have a raw tomato with uh, your beer. And uh, they have like a large salad with mountain trout. I feel like that's such a Colorado thing to have, mountain trout. Yeah, I would have to try that, though. I think 
be interesting to try trout. I've never had trout. We'll see. Um, they also have a wide variety of like poached garlic, kale, dried raspberries, and dry hopped green tomato. Chuli? Cooley. Cooley. What is cooley? It's like a um, like a soft puree thing. Hmm. Well, for all those who are listening who are now starving, <laughs> you're welcome. I'm hungry. We haven't had lunch yet. Okay, so some breweries sell their beer also to local restaurants. I know a lot of places around us have either only craft beers or mix in the craft beers, and they kind of rotate them out uh, every once in a while. So those breweries that choose to sell at their local restaurants may not distribute outside of that. I know um, one or two near us that only sell on-site at the brewery or distribute to um, restaurants. They don't sell in the store at all. So that's also a cool way to try some beers if you haven't actually been to the brewery. If you're at a um, restaurant or brew pub that sells other beers from other breweries, it's a good opportunity to get a flight and try that out and then see if you want to go to that brewery and check out the rest of their stuff. And most of the times, those restaurants, to be mindful, um, they're going to charge you more for those beer than you would at the brewery itself. So if the brewery is down the street, like just go down the street after you've been to the restaurant if you want to keep enjoying their beer because chances are they're probably a lot less expensive than they are at the restaurant Um, and the breweries do not control the price that the restaurant sets for their beer so i know um, we've had some customers come in and say oh we we loved your beer down the street but they were charging this for your beer when i can get it here for you know this this price why why do you guys like why are they selling it so high it's like well that's their their business and you know we discourage them from pricing it at an absurd amount compared to the brewery but it's something that it's their business and uh, that's just how it works yeah and i think it's times uh breweries and restaurants kind of have a symbiotic relationship where the restaurants will promote the brewery's beer but also the breweries will have you know menus at their location for people who want to order takeout food if it is a bring your own food facility I know when we were at Whalers down in Rhode Island, they actually had a deal with one of the local, um, it was like a pizza sub. sub. We got, I think, cheesesteaks from there. But you, if you ordered and said you were getting it delivered to the brewery, then you got, I think it was 10 or 15% off of your order. So they kind of worked it together that way as well. And they delivered it right to the brewery, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. Um, and it is a very conscious decision of breweries to serve their beer at restaurants. Many people kind of overlook that, that it it's kind of a leap of faith um, that the breweries take in those restaurants because they're assuming and they hold the restaurant responsible for keeping the quality standards of their beer. That means cleaning their tap lines that their beer is served on, keeping it at the temperatures that don't spoil the beer, and also being responsible with how long they've had the kegs and following sanitary practices. Because once again, if you're at a restaurant and you try a beer, and the lines weren't clean and the beer's disgusting, then you're probably not going to order that beer or go to that brewery. And that's just one of the, I guess, the downfalls of um, having it consumed at a different site. But it's also it can also get their name out there. So um, it's just something that some, some people don't consider. And, and you just have to appreciate that, you know, everyone's doing their job at a different level. Mm-hmm. And while I think most breweries and restaurants kind of help each other out and are very supportive of each other there have been instances that i read lately just because 
some breweries are getting so big and popular um, or a lot more breweries are popping up in smaller towns. And so I was reading, I think it was a Wicked Local um, article online, and they were saying that one of the larger breweries um, in Massachusetts is in a smaller town. And so that smaller town is getting heavier traffic. Um, and so all of it's kind of like on a main route. And some of the restaurants around there um, have actually been losing business because a lot of guests are actually just using their parking lot as turnaround spots to get back to the side of the road they need to be on for the brewery. So um, that can just hurt them a little bit. But I think overall, craft breweries and local restaurants um, have been very good about supporting each other. And there's obviously going to be some hiccups here and there and some things that are not working out that great. But I think just the community that craft beer promotes is very supportive of just local businesses in general and it can help the local businesses by if it's a small town people might have not had any reason to go to that town if they weren't living in that town Um, so I know a lot of new brewers and craft breweries they are very community focused and they give back to the community in so many ways whether it's fundraisers um, they hold events um, collaborations um, and it's also getting the the town's name out there um, for a good place to live. Um, a lot of people now are actually looking for homes that are within maybe a five-minute radius of breweries, which mm-hmm. I found was really interesting, and that would probably be us when we go to look for another home. <laughs> yeah, my cousin, who's a realtor, said that property values near breweries are going up, which is good for people who own those homes. Um, not so great for people looking to buy them, but it's definitely helping out the value of homes. So, James, uh, we also have a list of pairing beer with food. Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, so these are some um, styles of beer. Um, Many people ask, you know, if I'm having this kind of food, what beer would you recommend um, to go along with it? So these are just a couple. Um, I'm sure there's way too many examples to go over, Um, but just some basics. Um, IPAs, pale ales, lagers, or pilsners go great with um, a cheese pizza and I always personally have a nice bitter IPA like a west coast style um, and that really will bring out whatever cheese is used in the pizza and also if the pizza has tomato and basil it also will enhance that flavor Um, and it also balances well with the hops so if you're not a very hop forward person um, having it with a pizza will kind of balance that out a little bit Um, so that's one example that's why cheese is the best food yeah i mean that's (laughs) why a lot of breweries serve charcuterie and cheese boards because different cheeses will bring out different um flavors in the beer and vice versa which is great um some stouts so the stouts is probably one of the most obvious i guess beers that people think to pair with food um and especially with desserts um so it pairs well with red meat And as well as with desserts. And fruit beers can also, depending on the style of meat, um, can also bring out the flavor as well. Um, So those are some examples. Um, Oysters actually um, go great with stouts, which I've only tried once. And I didn't really think too much about it. But I did find that it really did enhance the bitter finish of the stout. And as far as the oysters, it really brought out the saltiness and the toasty flavors of that stout. Um, And oysters are just great overall for those who love oysters. Like me. (laughs) So definitely, um, next time you order some oysters, get a stout with it and um, see what you think. 
Um, so lagers and pale ales also pair well with seafood. Um, so as a New Englander, we love our seafood, and we eat a lot of it, especially during the summertime. For some lobster right now. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> so lagers and pale ales um, are great with seafood. Um, so that's something you can pair with anything. Um, so some other tips: um, look for some common flavors. Um, so you'll notice on menus they kind of give descriptions of the flavor profiles of different meals or like burgers or something like that. Um, so just look for some common flavors. So also the beer will have descriptions like toasty or malty or um, bitter. Look for those keywords. And even the aromas can even you can pair them that way as well. So a new trend seems to be beers infused desserts. Um, so I found this to be amazing. Um, and some restaurants we've been to actually have done this. Um, so they'll do... Um, lighter desserts like vanilla cakes, um, what's the other tiramisu mm. or sugar cookies, and they'll pair those with beers that have lemon or apricot. Um, so I know at the brewery right now we have an apricot beer, and now I just want to bring over some of your sugar cookies <laughs> and really test that out. Um, and wheat beers, especially during the summer, work great with strawberry mm. cheesecake. Um, so those cheesecake lovers out there. Grab yourself a wheat beer and give it a whirl. And my favorite, warm chocolate chip cookies um, topped with vanilla ice cream. And you can make a chocolate sauce um, using stout as well as melted chocolate. And I found that to be awesome. So maybe next time, have some chocolate chip cookies, warm it up, put your stout in some uh, chocolate and... Give it a whirl. You do have chocolate chip cookies downstairs right now and vanilla ice cream. I do. And and porter. Porter would probably work too. Yeah. Um, Because it's going to bring out the coffee and really the maltiness of that beer as well. Um, And then we did want to notice Maui Brewing. um, They're really on point with their restaurant and um, brewery as far as their head chef is really good. And he uses a reduction of their bikini blonde ale in their caramel sauce, as well as a reduction of their coconut Hawaii porter uh, for their chocolate sauce. So it's just thinking of little things of like a sauce to incorporate the beer that you're probably drinking at the same time, which is great. That sounds so good. So we'll have to check that out. We will. Okay, well that wraps up our discussion on beer and food. I hope you all are nice and hungry now and are gonna go out and search for some of those top rated breweries if they're in your area. Um, before we wrap up today, I have a game for James. It is Ooh. a would you rather game. Oh boy. With Here we beer. go. So I've got three things for you. You got to tell me which one you would rather. Okay. Is, is this supposed to be a fast or a fast? I mean, you could give a little explanation of why you would rather the other okay. one or the other. So, okay. So the first one is, would you rather drink the same beer for the rest of your life or never drink beer again? Oh no. I'm sure a lot of listeners right now are saying one beer for the rest of your life because they drink one beer all the time. Um, I w- yeah, some beer is better than no beer. <laughs> I got um, a feeling that beer. I would just have to pick like a beer that was just so flavorful that it would be worth it. So, yeah, I'd, s- I'd say that. Okay. Would you rather have a beer with J.R.R. Tolkien or Ian Fleming? Ooh, that'd be tough. Well, Ian Fleming probably wouldn't be with a beer. It'd probably be with a vodka. Um, martini. Martini. Shaken, not stirred. Um, but he'd probably be more interesting to talk to. So 
than J.R.R. Tolkien? I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know what I would talk about with Tolkien. I don't know. Wait, what? Okay, I'm going to let that one go. I, th- I, I think I'd pick Fleming. I think that, okay. and I think the British accent too would be, be kind of funny. Okay, well, they're it, it'd be a very entertaining. They're both have accents that are British, but it's fine. Well, I'd like to talk James <laughs> Bond, I think, a little bit more than Lord of the Rings. Okay, I guess. Over beer, so that's who I'd pick. But it comes in pints. True. <laughs> so we know who Shannon would pick. Uh, yeah, definitely would pick Tolkien, but that's just me. Um, okay, so last one is, would you rather drink warm beer or flat beer? Oh, boy. So neither are good. Um, clearly, it will both bring the quality of the beer down. Um beer or flat beer it's a tough one well you'll still get most of the flavor on a warm beer but it could skunk the beer as well um so that's why packaging is important for beers um those (laughs) those lighter beers uh containers are with exposure to sunlight um will make off flavors of the beer so i would say probably an uncarbonated beer because the flavor will still be there um for the beer so that's probably what i would choose okay i mean in europe or the uk they have a lot of warm beers but well i guess warm i'm just thinking of like a beer that's been sitting out you know like i guess like very warm not just like a like a room like temp a hot like not beer. room temp because <laughs> room temp would probably be fine okay what would you choose out of those two yeah uh i would probably choose the warm beer because i don't like when there's no bubbles bubbles <laughs> yeah i don't like no uncarbonated like things but if they're supposed to be carbonated then i want it to be bubbly if it's not supposed to be carbonated then it's fine if it's flat but i'd rather enjoy a warm beer that is still carbonated than a flat beer but i think we can both agree it's nice to have a nice cold beer from your nice local brewery so yeah so that would be our top choice yeah Obviously. This should be an option three of I would go somewhere else. Well, then it's not a would you rather. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just playing. God, James. Okay. Well, in, in two weeks, we're going to have a special. Um, it's going to be a live episode, um, and we're going to be going on location. Um, so there'll be stay tuned on our Instagram because it's going to be on our Instagram and Facebook pages only. Um, this episode will not be aired on iTunes or Google Play. Um, so just make sure if you're not on our Instagram or Facebook, make sure you follow us. And um, I'm pretty excited for it. It should be fun. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. For more Double Hot Beat, please visit our website at doublehotbeatpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and if you want to share any of your experiences, thoughts, you can either direct message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email us, even though James is convinced that nobody uses email anymore. But our email is doublehoppy at gmail.com. So if you want to talk to me, I'll check the email. If you want to prove James wrong, send in the emails. If you want to prove me right, direct message. If that has any incentive to email us, please email to prove James wrong that people still use email. Hashtag prove James wrong. Hashtag (laughs) prove James right. Um, And so if you do send in your thoughts, experiences, questions, then we will read it on air as you heard today with our listener questions. Um, and if you want more, you can check us out on iTunes and Google Podcasts. And uh, thanks again to Jen, Adam, and Sierra for sending us your questions. 
Um, send us your experiences too. We want to hear about them and share it with everybody. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. This has been Double, Double Hoppy. Hoppy. Catch you on the Bruce side. Thank you.